S-A-M-I-R-Y-E. Sammy Rye here with another one of those podcasts with Sammy Rye. This week, we're going to take a look at the recent comedy special from Dave Chappelle and also talk about the Cat Williams podcast that he did with um, Shannon Sharp. Kind of get into that little compare and contrast. You look at my take on both of those things if I think you should watch them. Um, and, you know, and if you watch them, what you should go in there with that mindset of. Um, also, I want to talk a little bit about Lego Fortnite. I finally completed it, right? So a lot of people did reviews and talked about it, but I basically completed the end of it, and I want to give you guys my take on it. You know, what you should know, what you should expect. Is it worth it? What are the things to like about it, whatever? I'm going to talk about all of that. A little unconventional choices for music and movie of the week. We're going to kind of get outside the box there and just encourage some creativity, encourage some great things. I'm Sammy Rye. Let's hop into the show. So a couple of interesting things I think were going on, you know, in the world comedically recently. Um, and for my friends that I talk to all the time, you know, I'm trying to get into this topic and offer something new to the conversation, not tre- tread that familiar territory. Um, but, you know, recently we had a really big trending topic with Cat Williams, his appearance on The Shade Room or The Shade Room uh, with Shannon Sharp. And um, also we had Dave Chappelle's new special that came out to, uh, to Netflix. I finally got around to seeing it called The Dreamer. And I you know, watched, you know, both of these things in their entirety. I saw all Cat Williams, you know, um, podcasts, and I saw Dave Chappelle special finally. And um, I, like I said, I've talked to a lot of people about it already, but I'm trying to think of new ways in case anybody decides to listen to the podcast, give them something else to hear. Um, I, I think with the Cat Williams thing, you know, looking at a lot of things that happened from that that, you know, podcast, it's interesting to see another perspective, another voice on what it might possibly be like in entertainment. You know, I love Cat Williams, um, and I have no reason to think anything he says is a lie. I think it's hard, though, as a fan of some of these other people to think that, oh, man, all these guys are doing bad things or out to get them, or um, it's just a shame to see they can't get along or it don't work out, but, you know, it, that might be the reality of it, right? And it's it's interesting to see, too, like how the Internet has really rallied behind Cat Williams going and finding all these videos, kind of backing up a lot of his claims. Of course, not every single claim, but a lot of the claims, um, you know, presented in the in his podcast that he did with Shannon Sharp. And the one thing that sticks out the most to me, I think it's interesting, is like, why, you know, I guess I know why, why is money, but it's a shame, I guess, that other people aren't out there, other people that are in a space where they can come out and stand with Cat Williams and show their support and vocalize these things. It seems like a lot of times what the issue is, you know, to me, is just money. You know, everybody wants to make money. They don't want to ruffle any feathers and make any bad business moves with anybody else or cut themselves off. So you don't really get to hear the whole story, which is kind of interesting because you think about social media, you think about, you know, live streams and all this stuff. And it kind of feels like we live in an era with so much transparency and then to see that, well, no, in, in some circles, maybe it's still as transparent than ever, maybe even more so. Maybe there's so much misinformation and so much positivity put out that we don't even think to look at the negative, which I think is what makes it hard for people sometimes to um to really say, ah, oh, man, maybe, you know, these these comedians or these people are are not now who we think they are. That would be a shame. Um, but, you know, I think definitely think that the, the, the podcast was funny. Definitely was shocking. Definitely was something that's entertaining to people. Cat Williams always entertains. And um, Shannon Sharp, I thought, was a really good host. I thought he did his best to, you know, steer the conversation in a direction and keep things on the rails. And it was also insightful, I think, to hear about, you know, Cat Williams, you know, history and things that he's done. 
Um, yeah, and I and I think all that stuff too. I, I saw some people you know questioning some of his claims about like you know going to college or getting accepted to college early and stuff like that. To me, I think a lot of times when we listen to stories, we gotta read between the lines. All these details, people try to you know get you on a detail. Oh, did this actually happen? Where's the proof that this happened? Uh, I don't think that really matters so much. I think overall, Cat Williams still sounds like he had lived an extraordinary life. And also the proof's in the pudding where apparently he's been able to be successful in comedy outside of most of the industry, not really any support. And again, I don't see a lot of allies showing up, which makes Cat sometimes seem like he's crazy since he's saying all these things and no one else is saying them. But I think the fact that now you can see so many people go find internet clips to prove some of the things he's saying it's definitely a situation where it seems like he's in the position of being the people's champ and the people are standing with him. And that's a different, it's a different dynamic that I think we're used to seeing. Um, but, you know, always, I think, is an interesting story. And I can't wait to see how this unfolds. I, I saw Kevin Hart responded. Um, I think he was the one I remember that called out, you know, whether or not Cat, Cat Williams went, got accepted at college at seven. And I felt like, you know, really in that situation, it'd be nice to see Kevin Hart address a lot more of the points. And I know we live in an era where successful people will say, ah, but why address these things? Why waste my time? Yeah, I, I hear that and it makes sense. I used to feel like, you know, it would be nice again to see some transparency, a conversation. Um, you know, it'd be great to see them two just sit down. At this point in the game, why not just have a sit down? You do it on a podcast, probably a very, very well listened to podcast. And have them work out their differences. Unless it's impossible and they can't work out their differences. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see them have a conversation. I remember one of the things as a wrestling fan growing up, I was really excited where way, way after it really mattered, seeing Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels sit down. As a fan growing up and a fan of wrestling, even though you might have picked for one person or the other, you might have like you know rooted for one or the other, it was amazing to see the two see the two men sit down and just have a conversation, talk about what their problems were they had with each other. And and seemed like they tried to kind of work it out, you know, at least on camera, right? Um, I don't know. I don't know if that's if that's really the, the best effort. But if I heard that Cat Williams, Kevin Hart, we're gonna sit down somewhere and have a conversation, I'd tune all in. Maybe that doesn't benefit Kevin Hart. You know, maybe he's a bigger star and there's no need for him to do these things. I don't know. I feel like when it comes to adding legacy, I think a lot about Drake and um some of the things that he's done. There's definitely times where Drake probably could have ignored certain people, and I know sometimes he does. But I think when you've seen him challenge people, sometimes that brings out another side of that person that if only, if anything, it increases their legacy because you see that, you know, the other things they can do. I ain't saying Kevin Hart and, you know, uh, Cat Williams either has to kind of duel or battle or something like that. But I think it's simply a conversation where they go over and discuss their points. Um, you know, I, I think that'd be, I think it'd be such, such a good thing to see for the country, right? You to see for people. You see these two guys who are obviously on opposite sides of some issue, but not politics and like that. Just kind of like how things should be done in business, how people move move through this entertainment industry. You see them sit down and talk. I think it'd be one of the most watched things ever, right? For that's worth. Moving over to Chappelle. I saw Dave Chappelle, the dreamer. Um, you know, I had a lot of talks with my friends this week about it. And again, don't want to go over any familiar territory. But I got to the end of it and saw the whole thing as completion. And I enjoyed the special overall. I, I think it reminded me a lot of the special he did when he was sitting down, he was smoking. I know I'm gonna mess it up. I think it's called the Bird Flu Revelation. I don't, I don't know what the whole name of it is, but I really love that special. Um, I'm not saying I love this one as much or whatever. I'm not really worried about whether it's a good special or not, a good special or whatever. I just liked that it felt like 
the the special had a purpose. It felt like a message, a letter with an envelope and everything. You could open it up. And I really liked the closing. I liked this whole, the concept of the dreamer and the talk of the dreamer and how that whole thing played out. And um, I really think that, you know, the one thing I'll mention about the show, if anyone who's reading the topics or hears the, you know, the trending things, when I look at somebody, I'm looking at somebody, I'm watching, you know, in this situation, for example, the, the pictures and, and the slideshow and the credits. You know, a lot of people, a lot of different people seem really happy being around Dave Chappelle. I'm looking at, um, you know, Chappelle himself, all the things I've seen him do, move around in life and stuff like that. And um, it seems like this is a guy who people have some kind of love for. Um, he's definitely got love for a lot of people, a lot of people he hangs out with and, you know, and is around um, that I think are people that, um, that speak to his character. And I think the guy has character. And um, it's a shame, you know, I think so much gets lost where I've watched, I think, three specials now where he's tried to explain in so many different ways what his own message is and that he's a supporter of these people. They'll often feel like he's attacking them. And, you know, his, I thought the speech at the end was great about the dreamer and how he does support these people, even though he makes fun of them and stuff like that, um, you know, and why he supports them, why he respects them. And no one talks about that part. You know, you look at this person and you take him as a whole and say, yeah, this guy's no good. But I remember like I remember one of the first times I seen a comedian really say something touching and make their special not just about that. It was actually Carlos Mencia. I remember seeing Carlos Mencia do like a half an hour special. I think it was for Comedy Central. And it was a little bit after 9-11. And he was talking about jokes and making fun of everybody. He made a lot of jokes about a lot of different people. Kind of more of an insult kind of comic. Um, and then he kind of tried to clarify, you know, that, um, you know, he's, this is why he says these jokes. I remember that was his act special, which a lot of people didn't talk about, where he says in that special, he's not Mexican, he's Honduras. Um, you know, he explains that when he's in, you know, a certain place, parts of the country, people just treat him like he's Mexican. He just goes with it because that's how they treat everybody there. But other parts of the country, they treat him like he's a different kind of Latino. And that's what's like being Latino. And it made sense, right? Um, but I remember Carlos Messia in that special he had a really nice touching thing at the end of it where he discussed, you know, what it was like uh, for people who lost people like in 9-11 and how much we should appreciate each other, basically. And I thought he did it masterfully well. It was something that was such a great moment. I know after that, there's a lot of controversy about Carlos Messi over the years. People saying he stole jokes, proving, I think, in some situations that he stole jokes or at least that his writers stole jokes. Um, you know, trying to expose him for not being Mexican, which I never understood because I knew he wasn't Mexican, but apparently people didn't know. Um, since he mainly portrayed someone that was Mexican on TV or talked a lot about being Mexican, at least people kind of assumed he was Mexican and he never corrected them, you know, all these things. And then we lost Carlos Messia in that shuffle. I don't know if people just canceled him or if he backed off or he didn't want to do it anymore, but I never seen Carlos Messia again. And I thought that was a shame because, you know, he was a Latin, a Latin comedian, uh, comedian that I thought brought a different voice and a different perspective. He obviously talked a lot for a lot of people that normally don't have anybody out there right now talking for them. And um, I thought I thought Carlos Messia was, was a, at, at the very least, an okay guy. Was he perfect or anything like that? I don't, I don't know. But I like what Carlos Messia brought to the table, and I really liked that special, how he ended it, and had a message and a purpose to the special. It wasn't the time that you just throw away as a bunch of jokes. It, it actually mattered. And I thought, you know, Chappelle's The Dreamer was similar in that situation. Also, like the one he did when he was sitting on stage, you know, um, I think all those specials, maybe even more of those specials, they have a point, they have a message, they have a purpose in what he's trying to say, and he's speaking to the world. And it seems like a lot of times we just pick and choose what parts of it we want to listen to. 
um, you know, it's a shame. Like hearing the end of his special and and thinking, man, like how else can you say it? How many times can you explain to people that you don't hate them, that you support them, that you know this is how you view them, and and all people hear is just a joke. And this is so weird. Like we have jokes about all kinds of things, and I think um, you know it's a shame. Like to see like people, I guess you know wanting. I feel like sometimes wanting to be offended, wanting to keep the fight going. Like just to settle the argument wouldn't be enough, and that's what makes you think about the Kevin Hart and you know Cat Williams things and how these two things connect. Like it, it'd be great just to watch them settle it and just let it go and it not be a thing. And it looks like, you know, same thing for Chappelle. You know, the media likes to attack him. He gets to be the enemy of the media. And this is two teams. And perhaps it makes them great rivals. And perhaps it helps them sell tickets. And that's all that it was all about. But it'd be so great if somehow it could just be sit, this doesn't get sit down and get worked out. Because it seems like what Dave Chappelle is actually saying, no one gives a shit. They're not really listening to him. They don't care. Um, and that's a shame, right? But... I definitely recommend checking out the special if you're a fan of Chappelle, if you like him. Um, I definitely think also, too, if you're interested in the Cat Williams podcast, I listen to, I think, all two hours of it, maybe two and a half hours of it, um, over the course of like two days. And I found it very entertaining. I don't take everything he says the gospel. Um, again, they're all things you got to look up and stuff like that. But it was interesting. It was interesting to see that. And even if, you know, there's no sit down and talk, I would love to see, you know, some of the other guys' rebuttals and just kind of explaining their perspective on it. Seems like it'd be faster if everybody sat down and talked to each other, but I guess maybe that's not what they're looking to do. Music of the week. This week for music of the week, I'm not going to highlight any known artists. I'm going to highlight you. I think um, I want to talk about you know if you have an iPhone, you have an iPad, if you have an Apple computer, you guys really need to try out GarageBand. GarageBand is free. It's an app you guys already have. I've had access to GarageBand for a long time. And I'll come into GarageBand here or there. I also have access to Logic on my Mac computer. Um, and I'll come in here or there and mess around and experiment with some things. But I found some good videos online. If you guys are really interested in the exact people, I'll let you know. But you can just literally Google at this point in the game in 2024. You know, GarageBand tutorial videos. And you'll see channels dedicated to GarageBand. I think they're awesome. Just put them on. Put them in the background. Follow the videos. And really kind of brush up and see what kind of music can you make. Can you make music in, in GarageBand? Um, I think it's a very accessible, even from your phone. I've been recording vocals right from my phone, no microphone at all. Um, and then experimenting, watching, you know, how to mix vocals in GarageBand videos. And I'm enjoying it. Is it the most, you know, commercial-ready product that they're going to play in a stadium? Probably not. But I think for starting off and getting the experience and experimenting is definitely uh, something to be really fun to do and see what it is you might like about it. Again, no equipment needed, just your phone. I haven't tried recording vocally into the iPad, but it's probably a similar experience. Um, and yeah, and if you really are into it, it's easy. It's a little cheap adapter you can buy so you can hook up real microphones to your garage band. So not a big deal. It just depends on exactly what adapter you have out there and what it can do. Um, but yeah, that's my take. I hope you guys check it out. So I've reached pretty much the end of LEGO Fortnite. I guess you call this a LEGO Fortnite review. Um, I've played almost the entire season through LEGO Fortnite. I think I've played pretty much from like level 5 to like level 90. Um, and that's that's amazing to me. I'm really excited about the fact that there's game modes now inside Fortnite that aren't even Fortnite. Entirely new games. Um, they're dedicated to a whole other experience. I didn't get to play a lot of racing, but I did enjoy the racing I played. I might have got like one or two levels from that. 
Um, and I liked the Battle Royale season. I was interested. Didn't play a lot of it. I imagine now I'm going to start playing a lot of it. Because Lego Fortnite offered, you know, a great, I think, survival, you know, Minecraft-like RPG experience. Um, it's physics-based. Some of the things involved are physics. I like that the maps are generated, but they're not too big. I like how there's landmarks or certain things in the game that will always be there. Or, like, basically, I should say, like, it's important points, like POIs put down in certain places. Um, I thought the game was very balanced and made sense. You know, you start off in a certain area. There's certain things you have to get, certain kind of monsters. As you move through the difficult levels, there's a way to increase your armor that directly correlates to how strong the monsters are in that area. And you kind of keep on and keep going. It is grindy in that sense where if you don't enjoy it, then you might, you might hate it. But I enjoy it. I enjoy going off because I need, you know, 30 rocks and 20 pieces of iron. And going into a cave, the thrill of trying to not die while you're in the cave from monsters or falls or whatever might be the hazards you have to endure. Getting those things, coming back, building what you want to build, and then seeing, oh, now I need, you know, 60 iron and, and 30 this. And then trying to figure out what's the most efficient way for me to get this? Where should I go and do it? In solving those problems, I find it to be an engaging way to play a video game. Um, in the end, when I got towards the end, after going through the gameplay loop, I, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe I played close to somewhere between 50 to 100 hours. Um, I don't know because I just kind of played casually. I put the game on here or there. and might play for an hour or two. And um, I don't know how long it's been since the season's come out at this point. But I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I do like the, the creative mode where you can kind of go in and do anything. I can see how you can spend hours and hours and hours just making your own cities or doing whatever you want to do in there. Um, but under the survival mode, I do think that the end game content eventually when you get there is very lacking. It takes a long time to get there. But with the end game monsters and how hard they hit, even when you have the best armor, there's no point really fighting them because they'll like basically kill you in one or two hits, which doesn't make much sense since you can't really have great armor. Um, I don't know if you're supposed to be able to maybe in, a, in an update or a patch if the Lego characters can get powers or some other kind of cool things. But basically, just going toe-to-toe with those monsters, I feel like it's a waste of time. Um, the things that they drop and the rewards they get, you can easily find them without killing them. For example, I have not killed the last monster, and every time he dies, he drops one of his items. I have four of those items, even though I've never killed them. And I have them because you can find those items also in locked chests, like treasure chests and stuff like that in the area where they typically spawn, and I found an abundance of them in, in those things. Not not like a ridiculous amount necessarily, but enough. More than enough that I need to, I guess, you know, make whatever I think I need at the game. At the end game part, there's not much to do. You, you can do whatever you want. You're limited only by your imagination. But I, I think for me, it also reminds me, well, I can just go to creative mode and just not have to do all this digging and stuff like that. Um, and the one, I guess, word of warning I have to mention, based on the the random map you get, my area wasn't like easy, medium, hard. My area had easy in the middle with medium to the right and hard to the left. And what's really a pain about that is sometimes when you're in the hard area, you need to go back to the medium area to get stuff, which means I have to cross the easy area. And it's really, really far. I built this elaborate, like not elaborate necessarily, I built these gigantic um, monolithic stair systems that are just so huge. Then my character has to run up the top of the stairs and I try to hang glide, you know, over large, vast areas to try to get to where I'm going faster. And it seems like it's faster, um, but it's definitely not ideal. And there have some mechanics in the game where you can make a monorail or vehicles. 
But since they're physics-based, they typically break. They break a lot of times. People are offline. You can make them in creative and know they work. And you go online, and at some point, something will happen, and the game will break. Um, and I don't want to experience that at all with vehicles. So I think right now it's not fair to say if they have vehicles because they kind of just gave you some pieces and some wheels. And, like, you can do certain things with it. Um, but I would like to see more dedicated vehicles, vehicles you can unlock or build. Um, and then also it'd be cool to see some kind of, like, you know, achievement system or something that, like, you know, you can unlock that shows what you've done in survival because there isn't really a point at this point besides just leveling up your season, your, your season pass, your battle pass, whatever you call it. Um, it doesn't really matter if you level up because no one cares about you or they're not watching you necessarily. And um, there's always some of the drawbacks of it. I see a lot of people already, because they know Epic Games, and I think they know that live service model. They're saying, oh, well, don't worry about this or that. It's going to get fixed in the update. That's cool. But as of January 10th, you know, I really enjoyed the mode. Definitely will play it again. Definitely going to play some creative. But I definitely think the end game and lack of vehicles are two big minuses for that mode. So definitely check it out if you haven't. If you're into Minecraft or ever was into Minecraft, LEGO, you know, has at least that survival mode down pack. And then, of course, in creative, you could do a lot of cool things, you know, with infinite Legos. So, yeah, I'd like to see what you guys share. Go ahead and let me know. I usually comment and stuff like that on, um, on X or Twitter, however you call it. And um, that's where you can find me. Movie of the Week. So for this week for Movie of the Week, I don't really have one. Again, another unconventional twist for this week. But I'm going to encourage everyone, go watch Loki Season 2 and watch Echo. Echoes on Disney Plus and watch What If. I think right now it's looking like this year is not going to have a lot of movies, um, probably because of the strikes and things like that. But don't don't fret. We have Deadpool later for the MCU. And What If I think is really good. I think, um, you know, Echo looks like it's going to be good. I haven't seen Echo yet. And I thought Loki Season 2 was really good. I wasn't a big fan of Season 1, but I really, really enjoyed Season 2. So I think all those things moved in the right direction. I liked Ant-Man Quantumanium. I was a big fan of Kang. But I think people felt at that point the movie was a little disappointing. And I want to see the Marvels, but I didn't go to theaters to see it either. So one part of me feels like the movies don't have much going on right now. However, the show has a lot going on. All these things in this area for the shows. Um, so hopefully you guys get a chance to check it out. stretch it's the after show relax take a deep breath do a little do a little breathing exercise thank you guys so much for hanging out again this week i'm trying to keep it short and sweet this week i am super busy with work super busy with things going on in my personal life um all kinds of things going on my daughter's been killing it really really up in her violin practice been putting a lot of time into that you know it's as a father it's taking me down a road where i have to learn some about the violin just so i can like communicate and talk to her about what she's doing and try to offer some guidance but of course i do defer to the teacher because i do not know the violin but i am you know learning by accident by you know always being around her while she's doing it so that's kind of cool um, I've been wanting to brush up on my piano. I'm waiting for that kind of stuff. It's like February or maybe January, March, March, March time period. That's what I got going on. Besides that, just trying to, you know, get into the new year slow, ease in, look around. I got a weight bench for my, for Christmas, been doing some lifting, getting into that as a hobby, trying to make it into a permanent hobby. And also looking at these cool little like 4k, 5k runs. Um, I think actually I'm, that's not even right. I think it's more like 50 miles, 70 mile runs. It depends on which one you try to go after. 
I'm interested in maybe trying one of these things to see if it just kind of shakes up the habit and gets me back out there again. Um, but that's what I got going on this week. I want to take up much of you guys' time. I want to give you guys just good content. And if there's nothing to talk about, no more talking about it. But I think those are all the main things. And I hope you guys are having a great start to your new year. Relax. It's a long, it's a long ride, right? We got a lot of stuff to get through. I hope you're enjoying yourself. Peace.